big game, big flavor. Hot stuff sauce. Let's get saucy. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. All right, uh, spring training is fully underway. We're in the the dead days of February, and uh, this is allowed me to be tiny, allow me to be frank, and well, let's get rolling into the show. The NBA, the NBA All Star Game. I, I, what is the point? I didn't watch the second, Frank. I got home uh, from uh, the Devils game in my weekend in the uh, upstate New York, and I caught maybe the last uh, two minutes of it. This is bad. And Mikey, you're muted. Already off to a bad start. Well, the game was the game was terrible, Frank. Game was uh, they don't play defense anymore. Uh, I, 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 they never did though. Can we go back to Eastern East versus West? This captain shit is is ridiculous. And that, now we have to pick the reserves first, so we don't hurt anyone's feelings. And Laurie Markkinen still got picked. Uh, it's always going to happen. Somebody gets picked last, so I don't understand. Yeah. If, if you're the last reserve, aren't you still last? Yep. Yes. And uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I mapped. Uh, there's 24 players at the All Star game, and there's um, let's see, 30 times 10 uh, plus 20. There's approximately 400 players in the NBA, right? Who might be in or off a roster, or like hovering, maybe somewhere coming up and down, but 400 players. So the fact that you're one of 24 of 400, that means you're one of the top 10%. And your feelings are hurt because you're picked last in the All-Star game? It's pathetic. You've been picked to be an All-Star. And your feeling is hurt because you're picked last. You're one of the top 10%, top 8% probably. And your feelings are hurt. Is, is that an echo what from Summer? What is going on in this league? I'm next to him, so you can hear him through the wall. Dude, that is... I was like, what is going on? Why is there an echo? And I was like, wait, maybe maybe uh, Frank is just screaming a little too loud. So We're not great. loud enough. Not loud enough, yeah. Maybe... Uh, I, miss, I miss the days, the one day. That you guys were in the room together. I think that that's the perfect scenario. That was a magical, magical day. Magical moment, yeah. But Adam Silver, I, I mean, first off, it looks like it looks like every time I, I hear I, I, I hear the Adam Silver theme song. Wah, 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 wah. Every time Adam Silver comes on the court, they, they, that's a good song that, they, that, he, that he comes on the court to. I mean, that that should be Adam Silver's ringtone. 
Imagine what the people behind us eating lunch are thinking right now. They must think this is got, got some music, got some shouting. It's a nice little uh, entertainment at a lunch. Yeah, this is I mean, I mean, I mean, and, and, if, and if you don't get it, I'm saying Adam Silver is an alien. Yeah. Yes. And I can't, yeah. I can't talk, Frank. I look very, I look horrible today. So I look very alien-like as well. So maybe me and Adam Silver are from the same planet. I don't know. I think you look fine. But don't, don't sell yourself short. Woo! But, but, but we got to, we got to, we got to lead. Just. I'm talking about being an NBA free agent. I mean, can we start a new basketball league? Maybe that would be making me. Maybe that would make me happier. You got a whole new league. And then Kyrie Irving was talking about at the All Star Weekend that I was never respected by the Nets. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, Frank! No, no, no. no Frank! You're one. You're one. He played twenty games. And said he didn't want to play anymore because he felt it was pointless wasting his energy without Kevin Durant. Now, Kevin Durant was recovering from Achilles surgery. Kanye. Kanye. Well, Kanye and Kyrie, they're they're the same person, I, I, I truly believe. But Kyrie... I did have minor shoulder surgery. Now, while he is injured and mending, he let it be known to the next management that he did not like Keith Atkinson. No, 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 no. He wanted a coach he could relate to. Yay! So, they fired him. Jock Vaughn was the interim coach, but he didn't want Jock Vaughn. He wanted someone who understood what it was like to be an NBA superstar. Pandemic comes, uh, Kyrie could have played, but he says, you know, I'm going to just wait the next season. And Kevin Durant basically says, I don't want to ramp it up and risk injury. Understandable. So, Nyader then played in the bubble. The bubble burst for the Nets. Next season, they bring in Steve Nash, a player that Kyrie can relate to. Then November rolls around, and Kyrie was stressed out. It was hard times. All of America was fighting. The election just happened, and people were bitter and angry. He was feeling stressed. He had to get away, and so he went to the Bahamas, and he partied the night away. At which point the net said, okay, this guy is this guy is just is just unreliable. So we gotta make a trade. And we bought in James Harden and traded the whole fucking future to put all the chips in the basket. Yes. Except we had a coach that could relate to players but couldn't coach. So we went down in flames. Injuries. Might have been a problem problem with playoffs. The Nets really had a team that could have won a championship in 2021. But injuries, Kyrie, James Harden, both get hurt. Kevin Durant, foot on line, loose to the Bucks in Game 7. Okay, let's get it back next year. Kyrie, all all season. So Kyrie's 
just like Mercurionis, gets James Harden to the point where, why am I here? I want out. So he forces, so he starts going back to doing what he did in Houston, which is gain a lot of weight and just stop not giving a fuck. Meanwhile, Steve Nash, who had help in his first year, has no help this year. So he is completely lost and he doesn't know how to do a rotation, doesn't know how to make a game plan, doesn't do anything. And then Kyrie goes, I don't want the vaccine. And the Nets say, well, if you don't get the vaccine, we can't have you on the team. Because you don't want you just playing road games. And Kyrie says, okay, get paid while I do nothing. That's the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that season disintegrates. And then he then he wonders why the Nets didn't give him a max extension. You've been a fucking nightmare. To deal with. And then he goes full Kanye. He 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 goes anti-Semitic. And the Nets don't have a big fan base. But you know what? You know who's a big part of that fan base? The people Kanye that Kyrie does not like. Yay! So he gets suspended and he says it's not right. It's my free speech. And then head to head, head to head bashing. We finally get rid of Steve Nash. We bring in a coach that has a little bit of a clue. And you know what we do? We're good. We're good. Then Kevin Durant gets hurt and Kyrie at the trade deadline decides, well, it's just one last one last hand grenade. <gasps> Boom. And he says the Nets did not respect him. What the fuck? What the fuck? What are we supposed to do? Is he a little baby? Is he supposed to be giving a bottle every time? He's supposed to, every time, every time Tyrese has jumped, that's supposed to go, how high? What the fuck is wrong with this league? Just a quick explanation so people understand. We're not on the second floor of content. We're in the third floor, Frank and I, which is where the accounting teams are and the sales teams and the people are having lunch behind this. So just want to give a lay of the land. I love it. I also love Frank's stories. I, uh, when I think of storytelling and the, and the best storytellers of all time, I think of like Shakespeare, uh, Charles Dickens, and then Frank the Tank. I, Frank should write children's stories because that was the longest. No, that would be no. It's too scary. All of his stories have bad endings. <laughs> that, and that was kind of scary. Yeah. You got King, Fleming, like the, the the most terrifying writers of all. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, I mean, the the, the 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 Kyrie Irving experience. It's like there's never been a more selfish, self-centered, egotistical. Just like rotten person to play in the NBA. I hear that next year that he the team that he wants he plays for, he wants the jersey to say me and have his face on it. That's all he cares about. He does not care about the name on the front of the jersey. The only thing he cares about is the name on the back of the jersey. And you know, uh, he's acting like a good citizen right now in Dallas, but you know. He's going to eventually come up and he's going to fuck things up. Or maybe he just just knows he's going to be out of there and he's just going to be good this season. Maybe Dallas makes a little bit of a run. I don't think they're that good. I think they're going to get – I think it's, it, the, the, the Suns can make a run, except if uh, 
the game goes to game seven. And then you have Chris Paul in game seven. I think you have misdirected anger, Frank. I think you're mad at the wrong person. I think you should, be mad, you should be mad at James Harden. The return you got for Kyrie is fair. The return you got for James Harden being a diva is not fair at all. You got you guys got swindled there, hardcore. If Harden never pulls that shit trying to leave, you still have those big three guys there. You're still a competitive team. I blame Harden if I'm you. Well, I was I had my anger on James Harden last year, so yeah, he burned the jersey. I burned, so that, I I burned the jersey. That's fair. I mean, you know, I hate Kyrie, you know, for similar reasons, but. Um, I don't know. I mean, you guys had a world championship level, NBA finals level team, I thought, with those big three. There's going to be 30 about the disintegration. And I think every decision this dysfunctional organization has made since signing Kyrie and uh, Katie has been a total fucking disaster. Yeah. I mean, um, and it's, yeah, it's one you, of guys, the, you guys are a mess. It's one of the reasons why I think I I I I got to find a new team. Are you worried? And they're happy. They're happy with Sean Marks to be the GM. They're happy with the job he's done. Uh, but Frank, if you go to a new team, will the Fleming curse affect that team? That's to be seen. I I started rooting for Arsenal, and they've been going. <laughs> I for Arsenal. What if you root for? Yeah, I was trying. Maybe you go the opposite way. You root for a terrible team like the Timberwolves or something, and they'll turn it around. I don't know. I don't know, Frank. I, I don't want you rooting for the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. You mean that? You mean the the Tim? You mean the Timberwolves? Yeah. Yeah, 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 for Rudy Gobert, <laughs> and they have no draft picks, and they call every town is going like, okay, I gotta get out of here. We gotta get out of here. I, I mean, that's that's a franchise that is that has been spinning its wheels for 30, 33 years. I mean, then you could say the similar thing about the Nets. I guess you know they keep getting these big three to come in there, and then uh, it just gets destroyed. Yeah, well, why would I? Why would I leave the Nets to go to? Uh, I know. A mess no, in, uh, I, I just don't want you to be a Celtics fan at this point. I don't want you to ruin my team. You can uh, join uh, the Bulls bandwagon. I, I say, I say that one of the top choices. I'm scared. Kind of like, kind of like, kind of like Chris Paul when Game Seven arrives. You know what? Uh, when Chris Paul dies, you know what he, he he's gonna have he's gonna have on his tombstone Game Seven. Really? <laughs> no. I would think his family would want to say maybe Chris Paul the year he was born, the year he died. But you're saying none of that. Just going to say Game 7. Loving father, you know. Yeah, right. Like that. It just says Game 7. <laughs> game 7. I think that's perfect. Friend of Kim Kardashian. Maybe he wants those kind of things on the gravesite. Hey, God. hey, there's no, there's no slander. There's no Kim Kardashian. I, 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 I said God. friend. Okay, all right, all right. Friend of Kim Game 7. All right. Friend with benefit. I, mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know what. what. <laughs> kind of crazy. <laughs> and Scott Foster, he's gonna, he's gonna get the athlete. He's gonna be walking down. All of a sudden, he's gonna be, he's gonna see, he's gonna see uh, someone with horns. It's gonna be Scott Foster. He's gonna go. 
<laughs> That's another one that gets to Chris Paul. You ever hear the, uh, the story with him and Scott Foster? I don't know. 30 against. When, oh, what? no. What's, what's the record when Scott Foster is the ref? I think the I think in playoff games, Chris Paul is one in eighteen in games that Scott Foster's officiated. Uh, yeah. He hates the guy. Hates the guy. <laughs> and it's like and it's like Chris Paul makes one move. He calls every travel. He calls every mark. I mean, and Scott Foster like really sticks it to him. Where do you guys put Chris Paul in your top five point guard? Do you guys even put him in top five? Five right now? Nope. All time. Nope. 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 Top nope. ten. Nope. Top ten. No. You don't even put him in top ten? Probably no, not I think top so. ten, but maybe, That's kind maybe of you just added in the top ten? Yeah, he pro- he's probably 10. in that next tier, I guess. No, I'd put him in top ten. He's never Definitely been no. top ten. He's been to what? One NBA finals, right? He's been to one NBA finals, but dude, you saw what he did with the Thunder year. He's one. been to one NBA finals. Oh yeah, that's right. He was here a couple years ago. Wow. Took them to the that team sucked. And then Chris Paul took them to the playoffs. You well, know that, like you know the NBA's been around for a let's, long time, right? Let's swap down cards. Around for a while, uh, yeah. We got Magic, good. John Stockton, Oscar Robertson, Bob Cousy. Uh, uh, Steve oh, Nash. It's a Boston thing to say. Bob Cousy is a better player. Has Bob better. Cousy's playing the best oh, of all time. Okay, guys. Thank all right, you. all right. I mean, all right. what are we doing here? It's like plumbers, but okay, for sure. Get your head out of your ass, Mikey. Jesus. All right, whatever you say. Played against like eight teams, but for sure. So he's still. You can only play. Right, yeah, yeah, you can... yeah. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. The talent. Yeah. No, no such thing as talent. You're right. My, my fault. Uh, Allen Iverson. Yeah. Allen Iverson. Yeah. Okay. I mean, these are just people who are just hanging off the top of our heads. Oh, John Stockton? Oh, I got one for you. I got, yeah, it's John Stockton. I got one guy for you. Go ahead. Walt Clyde Frazier. Yep. You think Clyde, you think he's better than? Yeah. Two rings. Two rings. I guess. All right, yeah, two rings. Two rings right. and, and, and was the true MVP oh. of the 1970 NBA Finals. Frank, you know who we forgot? He's, he's you guys got like six, 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 six I say yeah. For sure. Frank, we forgot Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah oh, Thomas? Oh, uh, dude, yeah, what right, the fuck are you right. talking about? Are you fucking oh. kidding me, Mikey? I get it. I get the finals. Like, I get Is it Reggie? Wasn't Reggie Miller point guard, too? No, I wouldn't count that. He, no, he didn't shooting play. Guard. I, I, I wouldn't count that. Who's a shooting guard? He's a shooting guard. Who? Reggie Miller. Oh, okay. All right. Because they had, remember, they had Mark Jackson for a few of those years. I don't count that. Steph Curry, um, Steph Curry would be top ten. Oh yeah. Dennis Johnson. No, I put Chris Paul. No. So. Magic. Oh, Gary Payton. How is Chris Paul not? In your oh top yeah. 10? Uh yeah, Payton. Uh, ooh, I don't Gary know. Gary Payton's better than Chris Paul. Payton played better. Yes. Defense. Peyton's defense was awesome. Yeah, his, yeah, for sure his defense, but I don't think he's better than Chris Paul. You think Steve Nash is better than Chris Paul? Well, yeah. he's got the MVPs. Oh, yes. He's, he's got, got the MVPs. MVPs. Oh, yeah. Not even close, Mikey. I mean, what about we Jason? We already named Kidd? 10 guys. Like, oh, obviously, Jason. It's a dumb Johnson. argument, Mikey. Magic Johnson. We already, oh, we already named 10 guys, Mikey. It's a dumb argument. I don't think so. I th- I got him in my top 10. I'll keep him in my top 10. Okay. You keep him out, I'll keep him in mine. All right. Ours is wins, right. What if he wins the finals <laughs> this year? If he wins the finals this year? Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't put him ahead of the guys we mentioned, I don't think. 
Maybe Frazier? Maybe Frazier? Yeah, well, well, Clyde Frazier was legitimate. He, he, this guy was a, was a superstar. I mean, he played with the shadow a little sweet a little bit and Bill Bradley, but when the, when the game was on the line, Frazier was the, was the money for the Knicks. No, no argument here. No, I, I'm, I'm saying if Chris Paul wins an NBA Finals, like, then you got to start having that discussion. He's a Hall of Famer, but everyone in the NBA makes a Hall of Famer, so. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that he's not a great player. I'm just right. saying he's not one of the ten best. Well, Mikey gotta, thinks, Mikey thinks like, the world started in 1993. Like no, Mikey I doesn't don't. know the world existed before. That. No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm just telling you what I I think. You know, I think that Chris Paul's my top ten. I don't think that's a dumb argument. He's got. He's a five time assist leader. He's a six time steal leader. Like, dude, these are just they're great. They're great accolades. They're, these are great accolades that you build consistently longevity. Through a career that's, dude, he's been in the league for a while, a while. And he's been consistently good. So a lot of years to never win a finals. Yeah, even right. though yeah, you are right. Uh, right. right. Even though is, uh, oh, what about uh, Clay Thompson? No, Curry's the shooting Curry is the 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 point guard. Oh, Curry's the point guard. I get a little confused sometimes in guard. Well, they don't really. Well, they don't like. They don't have a point guard. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no real true, but you got to, if you have it's to assign it, it's not like it used to be where it was defi- no. defi- more defined. There's not even really a center anymore with some teams. Remember, how, remember Frank, when, like, when Shaq was there, it was so clear who the center, or Patrick Ewing, it was so clear who the center. Dude, look at your team. Look at the Celtics. You guys you don't see have how the all when he went this year. It was back yeah. front court. I know. Uh, the NBA is different now, for sure. Paul's, Paul's a great player. Uh, um, this doesn't mean to shit on him. Like I was kidding around before, but like, but he's not a top ten all time. He's top ten all time. You know, guard. you know the problem with Chris Paul is in Game Seven he just doesn't have that dog in him. No, no, he doesn't. And if you, you have, if you have a dog, you want to make your dog happy. Yeah. Make your dog happy with BarkBox. Make your dog happy with BarkBox. Two toys, two treats, and a chew. And it's shipped gift fully to you. Make your dog happy with BarkBox. Make your dog happy. Yes, that's right. We have partnered up with BarkBox. So go to BarkBox.com slash tank and get a free extra month when you subscribe. That's BarkBox. Make your dog happy and go to BarkBox.com slash tank and get a free extra month when you subscribe just to make your dog happy. That's right. Make your dog happy. Uh, make sure they're not in the doghouse. And speaking of somebody who's in the doghouse, actually out of the doghouse, actually out in general, Sandy Alderson is out as Mets team president. Frank, how do you feel? I think he was holding uh, the, I think he was trying to interfere with uh, Steve Cohen's uh, spending. Uh, he is a Wilpon. He is uh, getting out, getting rid of the last of the, uh, the old regime is good. Uh, his son was. I heard he wanted. I heard he. This Alderson wanted his son to be GM. Although Billy Inepper is not too good. I mean, Billy Inepper is just infatuated with uh, Darren Ruff, who, by the way, says he has arthritis. Retire. Just if you have arthritis, retire. Retired people have arthritis. Sandy Koufax. Darren Ruff has arthritis. Sandy Koufax retired because of arthritis. And I often say yep. Sandy Koufax and Darren Ruff. Pretty similar guys, both should retire. 
I mean, Darren Ruff, he, he just sucks. I, I saw yesterday that he almost stepped on uh, Justin Verlander in uh, pitcher's fielding practice, working on the bunt drills. So uh, I, I I was a little upset about the Sandy Alderson news, but I think it, I think like Frank said, it's probably for the best. He's you no, know, but I was sad though. I saw in the background of Mikey's car, I saw Sandy Alderson walking by asking people for change. So that was a sad, <laughs> a sad thing that happened there. So if, Mikey, if you see Sandy, just give him a couple extra bucks. He, he's a good guy, and he did help create Moneyball. I'll see what I can do. I'll see yeah. what I can do. See if I got a couple quarters we can scrub together, and uh, we'll throw it at him. You know. But I think Frank's right. It was time for Sandy to go. Um, let's get a new regime in there. Um, I do. Sandy was a great guy, though. Marine, like I said, big, like big analytics guy. I love Sandy Alderson, but you know, it's time for us all. You know, like Darren Ruff, he, he probably should retire. Should retire for sure. Yeah. Out with the old, in with the new. Uh, speaking of the out with the old. What about uh, Phil Reagan? He's suing the Mets for uh, age discrimination. How about that, Frank? <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> he thinks uh, he's him. He thinks he's the guy. He's eighty-five years. He's eighty-five he was like, years old. Yeah, that's bad. Eighty. He, he's. It's not just like he's old. He's really old. Yeah, he's gonna be gone by the time the lawsuit's over. You know, you know when you, you go to a school and uh, teachers, uh, the kids started acting up, and teachers say, uh, "Act your age." If someone told that to uh, Phil Regan, he died. Zing! <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. I, I got his. But like, uh, uh, Phil Regan. He was me. a roving pitching instructor. Dave Ireland got fired because. Uh, they wanted. They wanted. They wanted the, the Mets. The Mets were like really playing poor baseball. Uh, this was not 2019, where where Edwin Diaz was Ed Luz Diaz and giving up home runs every other game. Uh, the pitching wasn't uh, performing well. Uh, it was the year of the juiced baseball, and basically, they couldn't. They didn't want to fire Ricky Callaway at that point, so they just went to a pitching coach. And he was brought on for the – and they played okay. He played better. But he was never going to be the permanent hitting coach. You're always going to bring in someone different. You're going to bring in a, a newer guy. And they eventually hired uh, Jeremy Hefner. And Jeremy Hefner is his – now uh, been there through uh, a couple of managers. Uh, he's doing a, a pretty good job, I would say. And Yeah, it's been great. And uh, Regan – Went back to minor league uh, roving instructor for a year, and then they had a the team was sold. The team was sold, and now you have new people in there, and they kind of want different thinking. And that's not age discrimination. That's okay. We're going in a different direction. I don't think his age has anything to do with that. And in fact, that he's eighty five years old. Can yeah? Can we? Let me just let me just put this fact out there. So Phil Regan, in his seventh season, his seventh season in baseball, he was teammates with Sandy Koufax. That's how old Phil Regan is. Phil Regan is so old. I mean, that is eighty-five years old. He was teammates as a veteran with Sandy Koufax. His last season in baseball, he played with Ron Santo and Billy Williams with the Cubs. Like this guy is just ancient. What are we doing? 
Like, like he pitched. Do yeah, you, yeah, right? you know what year that was? That was, nine, that was the 1969 Mets he was facing with the Cubs. And he, was, and he was old. He was like a veteran by that point. Like, I feel bad. Actually, I, I really do honestly feel bad for him. Like, when you're 85, you should be at peace and be happy. And hopefully it's like kind of like look back at what you did. He had a successful life. He was a major league manager, all-star pitcher. Why are you fighting? Like, if I'm 85 and I'm fighting anything, like, that's not where I want to be. Just be happy, man. Like, you lived a great you know life. You know what it is? He's, he's Steve Cohen's Mount Money and thinks he could take some of it. Maybe you're right. But that's sad, too. For what? You're 85. What are you going to spend it on? Fucking depends. Like, what's it, what are you going to do with your money? Like, what, Jeez, take it easy. what are you going to do? Know, you know what you know the problem is? He wants, he wants, he, he, he's, Phil Regan is, is 85 years old, but he's kind of saucy. So, you know what? I think saucy. maybe there's some hot stuff. You know, looking for some hot stuff, baby, this evening. He wants some hot stuff, baby, tonight. Looking for some hot stuff, baby, this evening. Gotta get some hot stuff, gotta get some hot stuff now. Yes, that's right. We partnered up with Hot Stuff Sauce. Made an XO Taco on Syracuse University Hill in Syracuse, New York. It's the best hot sauce you can ask for. So go to hotstuffsauce.com and get your hot sauce now. With promo code TANK10, you'll receive 10% off your order. That's Tank 10 for 10% off your order at hotstuffsauce.com. Get your hot stuff right now. Get your hot stuff sauce. I mean, that's the type of spice you want in your life. You know, I was up by Syracuse this week, uh, up there in Utica. Mm-hmm. Utica, Adirondack, uh, Glen Falls, watching some minor league hockey. How was it? It was nice. Uh, almost put the puck uh, in that little hole again from center ice. You did it like, last year, right? Oh, what? you did it last year, right? Yeah, and I, but I, and I missed this year by this much. Hmm. You made it twice I, last so I almost year, right? Again. What? You made it twice last year? Yeah, I made it. Tw- I made it from the blue line and the red line. Wow, crazy. that's crazy. pretty good, Frank. Did you play hockey at all as a kid, like street hockey? Right no, 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 I don't know. No, nope. You just hit it straight, huh? Yep. I know how to do it. I know the E method. You see, everyone goes up there and they try to kill the puck. They try to, they try to like blast the puck through the into the board. Mm. No, sweep the puck, sweep so, the puck, aim for the board, and you know, if you hit it just the right way, it might go through the hole. I mean, at least, at least, at least, if you don't hit the board, you're embarrassing yourself. If you miss the board, I see people like. And it's like the 20 feet wide in a net. And they wouldn't even hit the net if it was open. No, you got to hit the board. And if, and, if, and if you get the right trajectory, and, and, and the one shot I had in uh, Utica was on the right trajectory, but I think it hit like a, like a, uh, a little bit of snow on the yeah. ice. Yeah. And it like just like veered at the last minute. What? Free Zamboni. Zamboni. Yeah, they, yeah. Well, when they when they do these shot things, it's just before Zamboni comes out on the ice. There you go. Oh, there it's all fucked go. up. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah. So yeah. I have some big news. Frank and I. Well, people are going to hear this uh, Thursday. So later tonight, Frank and I are going to be going to a Devils game. I've never been to the arena. We're going to go together. We're going to hang out. It's going to be great. I'm going to have a hot dog there. Hopefully the Devils play better than they did last night. Last night was probably their worst performance of the season. 
They lost. They they got embarrassed by the uh, the terrible, horrible last place Montreal Canadiens, and uh, it was just an ugly performance. A lot of uh, sluggish. And, and I heard it before. I heard him. And and they played the game Thursday. They were off Friday. They played Saturday, Sunday. They were off Monday, oh, wow. and they played. So they had the so they've been playing a lot of games lately and a lot of games in short periods and they're in St. Louis then to Pittsburgh then home on Sunday and and then I heard then there was like word that like three or four, four players are dealing with the flu and they, they 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 tried to play with the flu and it didn't go well so we just uh the the Nets the uh Lindy Ruff and I am not joking Chris if you didn't know that. That I is do. the actual name of the Devils coach. We got it's roughs Lindy. all around us. It's a world of roughs, Frank. World of roughs. Rough life. And uh, he's he's giving them the day off today. I think it's needed. Uh, and hopefully they can get re-energized, get get some fluids in them, get the get a little bit, get some yeah, whatever it is. Take the uh, the Z pack. You remember that thing? Uh, and, you know I can't swallow pills, and uh, I need. Uh, to get donuts or like uh, ring dings or hostess cupcakes or uh, Twinkies or something like that to help get the, pull, the pills down like a dog. McDonald's. Make your dog happy. Make your dog happy. Make right. your dog happy. Barkbox. <laughs> Barkbox.com. Backshots tank. Yes. Think. You've heard that before. But uh, yeah, I got it like, you know how they have to like uh, sneak the food in, the pills yeah. and food to get it down? I need that. So. And and the Z pack. You ever see that thing? The, the pills the pills like Mr. Red couldn't even swallow that goddamn thing. Oh my god. Yeah. You should yeah, try you, like yeah, you, nuggets. You're familiar with the Z pack, right? No, I'm not. I don't know what that is. Uh like whenever you have a bad cold, you go to the doctor, they give you like this little they, you get you get the prescription and it's like five uh, the pills you take over a week. You take two the first day. Uh what is it? Is, what is it called? I'm never oh sick, right? I'm, I'm, I've been to the doctor, I don't know, maybe like, other than like checkups, like twice my life. I just don't get sick. Um, yeah, it's called, I believe that's it's called, the it's called the Z pack. And it's basically, oh. it's actually, it's actually, it basically, it treats like anti, it treats uh, like bronchitis, pneumonia. Oh, those sound bad. Uh, it's like a five day, five day uh, treatment package. And the pills are always like big. And it's like, oh. It's, it's it's called uh and it's called the Z pack and it's like uh and, and the, yeah it, it, it's it's an antibiotic and it's like sold in like a cardboard thing and it's like they uh, were giving that out before the the vaccine for COVID they were like when people had oh, oh this is had COVID they would this get is that. years okay. ago this is years ago and it and they've been giving this out for years it's called uh yeah. it, it's so it's so it's it's it's, it's as it's called a Zithromax. What's it called again? Zithromax. 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 I just you might be what? right. Just, how do you spell that? Z i t h r o m a x. Zithronax. Zithronax. Yeah, it's called a Z pack. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. So. So hopefully these these devils are taking a Z pack and uh, feeling better from whatever it is uh, the colds the uh, the inner ear infections whatever they have gotten 
because a couple of players are, are, are they're not feeling well. They're feeling under the weather. So hopefully they, 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 they get the Z pack and get things back and get things going and uh, get stronger and uh, play a better game than they did last night. The worst game they played all season. Frank, I, I think you should uh, model your jersey off a little bit because I think it's really cool. It's uh, Frank's wearing this jersey for the first time today. It's a 1969 Mets jersey, but it's uh, – it's the, like authentic, so it's the actual material. I See like the packs it. there, uh, and there you go, Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan, right, buddy? Yeah, Nolan Ryan. And, and it feels weird because I'm used to the the polyester double knits. This is the actual old like uh, wool flannel jerseys that they wore. It's really uh, cool, and and it, it, it feels funky on me. It feels weird. It feels. But it feels it feels almost like sandpaper a little bit. Yeah, it does. It's 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 not the it's not the greatest material. You don't want to wear you don't want to you don't want to wear this without an undershirt. No, no. I have a nice, I have the same jersey, but uh, the road jersey uh, for Tom Seaver, the same material, and it is so itchy. And then like when it gets hot, it like sticks to you. And like he said, it's like sandpaper. It's very weird. Uh, it's really cool though. I I love the authentic stuff. It's really neat. But don't wear it this summer. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, these players wore these uniforms. And you know what I like now about the baseball uniforms? Have you ever seen, noticed the new thing about the baseball uniforms? They have two different uniforms. They have the little Velcro thing, like to uh, so the letters for the Mets come together. I like that. Yep, they have that now. They don't have that back then. No. But you notice they have like a couple different uniforms they wear now. What do you mean? They have the uh, temperature uniforms. Oh, wow. That's cool. The authentic uniforms, you could buy like a thermal base. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uniform. And then you have the cool base uniform. That's good. Which is a, more of a lightweight and has like a, like a, like holes over here, like a little, like a little, like a, like a mesh, like they're breathable. Yeah. So they have like a cool base uniform, one that like, one that like in the summer, uh, it doesn't uh, it, it like like has like a cooling effect, and they have one that's in the like they wear in the the colder months that's uh, like uh, heavier and it's supposed to keep you warmer. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Now, Clummer, I, I I'm pretty curious. I never asked you. Maybe I did, uh, and the listeners might want to know too. But how did you become a, a Mets fan? Because you're kind of from the Boston area, right? So Well, yeah. So I lived in Long Island until I was nine. So I lived okay. in Long Island until 89. Then I moved to New Hampshire. But my Mets knowledge of the 90s is pretty I mean, not You know, it's not as good as it should be. Because from 90 to like 99, you could only, you didn't have the baseball package yet. So I could only watch and listen to Red Sox games. That's all we had back then. So yeah. I, like, not between 90 and like 97, I didn't watch a ton of Mets games. I'd watch them on ESPN when I could. Well, let me tell you something. I didn't watch much. 1990 to 1997, there was not a whole lot to watch. No, there wasn't. But I, I feel bad, though. I missed, like, I would have, like, the 93 team was so bad. It would have been kind of, in a bizarre way, kind of fun to watch. Like, the 93 yeah. Red Sox was just boring. The 93 no. Mets were just terrible. No, 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 Yes, 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 yes. There was nothing fun about the 1993 Mets. They were so bad. I, I, so I'm going to watch the A's like every game this year, Frank. I love like horrible. Like horrible is so much more fun than average to me. 
I, it, it, no, wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the field stuff that was the worst part. Oh, I know. You got Bobby Benita trying to show Bob Clappish the Bronx. You got uh, <laughs> Colvin throwing M80s at autograph seekers. You got, uh, you got Brett Saberhagen acting like he's Rambo and shooting up uh, the entire press corps with uh, Clorox bleach. Oh, I'd read about it. Like, I'd read about it in Sports Illustrated or read about it in USA Today or whatever. Um, but, yeah, so it's a kind of a strange path for you. Like, you, got, uh, you, got Dwight Gooden, you got Dwight Gooden falling off the wagon. I know. Poor, poor Dwight. I saw him a few months ago in, uh, in Long Island. He was doing pretty good. I mean, I mean, he had his first episode in 1987 where he had to go to rehab. Yes, he was. Oh, yeah. uh, his first episode was 86, the World Series Parade. What? The World Series yeah. Parade. He was at a crack house. Yeah, but 87, when he came to spring training, and uh, basically he was given the option, uh, you have to go to rehab or you're going to get suspended a year. Mm-hmm. And you missed a month? No, two months. Oh wow, was it that long? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't make his uh, he didn't make his debut to June that year. He's still good. Yeah, he had good, and then he had the the, the arm troubles eighty nine. Yeah. Kind of had a comeback here ninety. The ninety one he had more arm troubles. Ninety two he didn't really get up to strength. Ninety three he was struggling. He wasn't bad. Ninety three he actually had a pretty decent season. He wasn't bad. I'm not saying he was quite good in eighty five. No, he wasn't but bad. But amid this backdrop, then they did, they got rid of Jeff Torborg, who was just a terrible manager. Oh, brought, so in, brought in Dallas Green just to, just for one thing, to try to be a a a a a. a they brought in Dallas Green mm-hmm. to be a parole officer because right. things got out of control. So they brought in a disciplinarian, a just absolutely. Uh, just like a, a drill sergeant, and, and it was the right thing to do. That that uh, that locker room was a mess. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't though. That's not the right guy though. No. Uh, uh, well, for the '93 team, it was. All right. Well, I that. They started bringing up the rookies in '95. Yeah. They needed to get him out of there. But no, they kept him there, and he ended up blowing the destroying the careers of uh, three pitchers. You're right. The uh, Red Sox did a similar thing. After Terry Francona had the beer and chicken and everyone kind of, in 2011, everyone went crazy, uh, they brought in Bobby Valentine to be a, kind of a drill sergeant. And the Red Sox immediately went to last place. Like, I don't, that doesn't work in baseball anymore. You can't do that in 2022 or whatever. Well, it wasn't about it working in 90. It wasn't about it working to make the, Red, the Mets contenders in 93. It was about just, this is a, this is a fucked up locker and we got to fix it. Yeah, I guess. They still lost 103 games. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a big Dallas Green fu- guy. It was a fucked up situation that year. By the time 95 around, rolled around, that was time for Dallas Green to go. When, once yes. they started bringing up Generation K and started bringing up some rookies, then they should have brought up a, a manager who could have, like, younger manager and been more of a player-friendly. Which is funny is because Bobby Valentine with the Mets is more of a player-friendly guy with the Red Sox, he was more of a drill sucker. You're right. Right. I know. It's funny how times change and how guys who are friendly. Imagine Dick Williams nowadays, Frank. Like the 67 Dick Williams. That would be wild. You want to talk about managers who are crazy. Oh, Billy yeah. Martin. Oh, God. 
Well, he was just a lunatic. Dick Williams was like kind of an asshole. Like B- Billy Martin was just crazy. Great manager. He won everywhere he went. Could you imagine? Yeah, I don't know if you're old enough to remember the Ed Whitson incident. I oh I that was right when I was like six or seven. I was really little. Okay. Ed Whitson was the big free agent the Yankees right. signed. Yeah, for the top eighty-five season. He was he was a key pitcher. Took took the Padres to the World Series. Pitched in the World Series. So the Yankees, who had pitching problems, signed Ed Whitson. They got Ed Whitson. He's going to be he's going to be a pitcher that helps like boost the rotation. And he could not handle playing in New York. No. He he'd actually pitched okay on the road. But when he was at Yankee Stadium and things started going bad, he imploded. So the Yankees are actually in the pennant race. It's mm-hmm. it's it's September. Billy Martin, when, uh, they fired Yogi Berra after 15 games. That's right. <laughs> Eighty-five. They got off to a, a five and ten start or something like that with uh, Ricky Henderson missed the first two weeks, and just as they, just as Ricky Henderson came back, they fired. Yogi Berra, and he was pissed. He didn't go back oh, to the yeah, Yankees. He, he didn't go back to Yankee Stadium for 14 years after that. Oh, I remember that because they promised him he managed the whole year. He like he asked Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner said, "Absolutely, you're my guy for the year." And 16 games and later, he, they fired him. He didn't even make it out of April. No, they went six and ten. He was gone. That I remember. So Billy Martin takes over. It's actually Billy Martin's fourth term at the Yankees, fourth of five. So they're in a pennant race. And uh, they're neck and neck. With, they're only like a game or two behind the Blue Jays. And they're playing in Baltimore. Edwards has a bad game. And uh, so Billy Martin confronts Ed Whitson at the hotel bar. And they have a absolute knockout. Like throwing each other through glass windows. Oh, wow. <laughs> Billy Martin broke his collarbone in the fight. Love it. Love it. He was a little guy. Ed Whitson had, like, scratches and cuts on him oh, in the fight. <laughs> the next year, they bring back – the next year, the Billy Martin gets fired again. Right. They, they brought in Pinella. They bring in, they bring in Lou Pinella right. in 86. That was Lou Pinella's first managerial job. Mm-hmm. And uh, Billy Martin was back – they actually kicked Billy Martin up to the front of the office. They didn't even fire him this time. They said, okay, we're going to make you assistant GM. <laughs> so, so Ed Whitson is hated by Yankee fans. Yes. And, like, like he'd, go on, he'd go on the mound. He started having panic attacks on the mound oh. at Yankee Stadium. And then fans started following him home. That it got so bad that the Yankees had to, when they played home games, didn't even, they just told him, stay home, don't even go to games. Oh, so my Before gosh. they actually traded him to the uh, – they eventually traded him back to the Padres. Back to the Padres. And he was a good pitcher for them, for them again. Yeah. Like once again, yeah, he was decent. So, but, but, oh, but no. it, it was a wild brawl that is like, like, it's like, they, they, like, they, like, some of the, like, they, they, they like, flew through a glass window, like, like, through the, 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 the a glass window. And, like, Whitson was all, all scratched up, had scratches on him. Billy Martin broke his collarbone. Do you think we'd ever see anything like that at Barstool, Frank? People just uh, fight each other? No. I don't think so. No, but oh. it, but but ima- imagine if that happened today. 
Where a coach, oh my god, a coach, and a, a manager, and a pitcher get into a brawl. First yeah. off, everyone would be, be on your phone. Everyone would be. Everyone would be. Yep. <laughs> it'd be all over social media. Oh yeah. Did you guys pitcher, see the brawl? The, the manager will never manage again. No. Have you guys seen maybe yesterday's brawl, last night's brawl? Dwight Howard's team, the uh, I, I don't even know the Hero Bears. No, uh, I just saw the I saw a coach running. I I don't call part of it like the coach is like running after somebody. Yeah, the co- the assistant coach is like full on Superman punch the guy. It, it was it was kind of crazy, and you saw Dwight Howard just trying to be the peacemaker. It, it was. Uh. A, it was a pretty wild brawl. Brawl. Well, in '86, the Mets had a, the Mets had a situation like that in '86. At the bar. Where uh, it was one of the one of the four bright bench clearing brawls he had in '86. Really. And uh, Bill Robinson, who was on the 1979 Pirates, and the Mets were playing the Pirates in Pittsburgh, and uh, Rick Roden, who, who was a teammate of Bill Robinson on the '79 Pirates. He was actually still on the Pirates by then. He was like one of the last members of 79 Pirates that was still on the Pirates. He was known for scuffing the baseball. So Bill Robinson knew he was scuffing the baseball, so pointed out to the, kept pointing out to the umpire when he was scuffing the baseball. And then uh, Roden said something to Bill Robinson, and Bill Robinson came over here and just like, like, like the, this, the, the first base coach fought the, uh, the starting pitcher. That's great. Scary. That's ter- terrible. Uh, speaking of a fight story, too, and I know I don't know stories before '93, but um, John Starks. That's the fight between him, him and Patrick Ewing is how he landed that 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 spot, that position. You guys know that, right? That whole situation. He was trying to get uh, John Starks was trying to get a spot, like a roster spot, with the Knicks during practice. One time, he went up against. He was like talking shit to Patrick Ewing. I think the story is. Went up for a layup, and uh, Patrick Ewing basically clotheslined him in practice. Oh. Got injured, had forced to stay on the team, uh-huh. and then worked his way up and became a starter. So, cool John Stark story. Kind of why I like him. Not in my top ten. He came out of the CBA. He came out of the CBA. But he was trying to make the and you know, Knicks. If the Knicks didn't choke in 93, and I say this, they, the Knicks – Choked in '93, and uh, and uh, Charles Smith under the basket. He got fouled. If that happened today, they'd be calling him fouls because he was he was fouled four times by the, the, the Bulls under the baskets. But he just didn't. He didn't have just if he would have forced his way up and just like dunked it, the Knicks win that series. Game five was game seven. Yes, the 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 the, the Knicks won the first two games. They dominated the Bulls and the Bulls. Got, this is when Jordan got caught in Atlantic City, and, and the Bulls were unraveling. And they won two games in Chicago. Game five was just back and forth, and Charles Smith couldn't get the basket, the ball in the basket, and the, the uh, Bulls ended up winning and winning their third straight. That's the toughest series, the closest, oh. I think, the Bulls came to losing during those uh, any of those dynasties was at 93 against the Knicks. And I think the Knicks were that was the only series where I think the Knicks were the better team than the Bulls. Do you guys know what John Stark's doing right now? No, what's he doing right now? He owns a car dealership in Queens. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, John Stark's and uh, his car dealership. And what I'll never forget about that series. It's it's there. I drove by. I said, holy shit, it's John Stark. Yeah, that's awesome. What I'll never forget about that series is John Stark's did something not a lot of players did. He put Michael Jordan on a poster. 
Yeah, he did. He did. He put Michael Jordan on a poster. We're just like this, like this, like this move right up the baseline and just like dunked right on, just dunked right on top of uh, Jordan. Were you, were you born, Mikey? 95. That's pretty funny that all the Bulls great moments and you didn't see any of it. That's kind of funny to me, you know? <laughs> not laughing, bro. It's not that's funny, funny right, Frank? You think that's I, funny, right? You know what's hilarious is the year that I became a Bulls fan, uh, they drafted Elton Brand. I was like five. I started watching the Bulls. Yeah. And then it was like the Eddie Curry, Tyson Chandler, Marcus yeah. Pfizer. It was so gross, which is kind of like what you said. It's that sicko in me that likes when the teams are bad. Yeah. Because it makes you appreciate it so much more when they're good. Like, oh, you so have to ride. You ride through that struggle being a fan, and like your loyalty is so good. I can see where Frank gets to the point where he gets to with the Nets, where he wants to become a, a free agent. But like it's the good. The good times are also the bad times. That's what Reed's going through right now. Like Reed is yeah. a Patriots fan, but he's too young yeah. to remember when they were bad. So now yeah. Reed's going. He's going to go through thirty years of shit, and I'm going to hopefully. I can watch it happen to him. And that would be funny Reed, for me. Reed, let me tell you about the 19... Let me tell you something about the 1990 New England Patriots. Oh, Rod Rust? Oh. That might be one of the worst... And that's the, that's the 93, like the 93 Mets. Because they had oh, the, yeah. uh, the, Laura, the Laura Olsen incident. Oh, that was bad. Irving and you Bryan. had an owner at the time, Victor Kayam, who owned the largest women's a product of women's shavers called Remington Razors. Mm-hmm. Marketed at women. Fire. And like 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 six months after the 1990 season, Victor Kayam said that, uh, and this was right around the time the Gulf War was happening too. Victor Kayam says that oh, our players are just showing uh, her their Patriot missiles. <laughs> oh God! I got to watch Six Rings. I'm okay. And oh. that's all you're gonna get, buddy. Enjoy and them. the NFL actually <laughs> forced him. That the NFL actually forced him to sell the team because of that. Is that statement, which eventually led to Robert Kraft. Well, it led to a guy named J- James Orthwine first, and then Orthwine and then sold Robert Kraft. Kraft. Well, yeah. James Orth. You see what happened was the Sullivan owned a team for the first uh, 25 years. Right. And they bankrolled. The Jackson's concert. Yes. This, the Jackson Five. The victory tour. A, a big tour. The victory they, tour. Yeah. Michael absolutely. Jackson would be part of the tour. Right. It was supposed to be the Jackson victory tour, and Michael Jackson would come out like, be like the all the Jackson Five would perform together, all the different Jacksons would be out there, and then Michael Jordan would be like the last hour of his hits. The only problem is just before the tour started, Michael Jordan got burnt, severely burnt in a Pepsi commercial. Michael Jackson, yes, he did. He got really Jackson. Yeah, Michael Jackson. There was like this uh, Pepsi commercial he was shooting, and he had fireworks shooting off behind him, and uh, the the hair product he used uh, caught fire, and his head caught on fire. So he was severely burned by this uh, this accident on a Pepsi commercial, and that's what that's what that's what Michael Jordan started acting weird after that. A lot of people. A lot of people attribute to what happened to him in that accident is to being like the when he when he started like having issues, a lot of psychological issues. If that never happens, Reed doesn't have his six rings because so 
it would never they, they probably wouldn't have ever had to sell the team. It's like Michael Jackson burning his face in a Pepsi commercial led to Tom Brady having six rings is wild, but it's kind of true. Like if you just but yeah, so yeah, it does so make sense. Sullivan's Sullivan's owned a stadium, owned the Patriots, and they spent nothing on the team. They were as they were the cheap the cheapest bastards to ever own an NFL team. They were cheap, and and the, the Patriots never never were good. They made that that fluke run to Super Bowl twenty, right? But but they went bankrupt. They were going bankrupt, and what happened was they took a loan out on the stadium, and when they took the loan out on the stadium, Robert Kraft. Bailed him out, but he owned the stadium. So he brought the stadium, and the Sullivans eventually sold to, to Victor Kayam. So when yep. Victor Kayam had a team, Kraft wanted the team, but he couldn't get the team. So Orthwine had a team, and Orthwine had a team. His goal was to move the team to St. Louis. He had no, he was never going to stay in Boston. He was never going to stay in New England. So Robert Kraft held the rights to the team, and he says, no, you have the... You, the, you have a 20-year lease here. I'm not letting you out of the lease. He goes, he goes if, you, if you don't like it, sell me the team. Sell me the team. Sell me the team. And eventually, we're trying to say, oh, fuck it. Here's the team. And that's, that's how Robert Kraft got the uh, And that's why Robert Kraft, is, as much as I hate the Patriots, he's the best owner in sports. Robert Kraft Robert, is the best owner I've ever Robert, seen. They've, right. already put, they've already put Jerry Jones in the Hall of Fame. Robert Kraft needs to be in the Hall of Fame oh, right yeah. now. Oh, no doubt. Robert Kraft's the best owner in sports. Like I, I hate the Patriots, but you got to give credit where it's due. Like he's but Robert Kraft is one of the best owners in NFL history. The best. Who's better? I can't think of anyone who's better. I think he's he the best can. owner in sports history. I think you're right. Yeah. He saved his team. He made them winners. He always invests them. He gets out of the way of the owner, like a Belichick rather. He doesn't. He isn't meddle. Like he did it first. Him and Parcells had some meddling, but other than that, he's been hands off. He's great. I would love if he owned the Jets. I would be fucking doing cartwheels. Ooh, Jets talk. Jets talk. Derek Carr. Derek I just wrote a blog. Go to barstoolsports.com right now. You can read my blog. Derek Carr talking to the Jets. I think. I think. I think the. I think the Jets are going to end up with Derek Carr. Yeah. Yeah. You better and, get scared. Uh, if that happens, Frank. You better get scared. And uh, my prediction is, Aaron Rodgers. Is going to Vegas. Yeah, I, I think so. It's minus 200 right now on the sports book, too. Uh, a lot of people are talking about that Aaron Rodgers has flights. Uh, somebody said they saw him on a flight going to Vegas. So uh, we'll see. I know there was that, that picture of Derek Carr out to dinner with, or maybe lunch, whatever it was, with the Jets. So we'll see. But getting back to, getting back to the New England Patriots 1990. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. For their sure. Coach was, they went one in fifteen that year, and I'll never forget this. One of the greatest signs I've ever seen at a stadium. The coach's name was Rod Rust, and somebody had his sign up at Foxborough, and, and Foxborough there was almost nobody at the at the game. This is like late in the season. Put a sign up in Rod V. Rust. In Rod V. Rust, that's right. That's I love that this is the only show in podcast history that says, let's get back to the 1990s. Let's get back to, yeah, yeah, yeah. A <laughs> hundred, a thousand what makes, makes this show what it is, right, Frank? Great show, yeah. Yep. In Rodney Rust. In Rodney Rust. <laughs> but also, it's, it's kind of crazy. We've got to go back to the Jets talk. It's like, you guys almost had Zach Wilson. You guys, you think Zach Wilson still has a chance? No. Think Derek Carr is going to help him out? Maybe 
teach him his uh, veteran ways? I don't care about Zach Wilson. Wilson. I don't no. care about Zach Wilson. The no, only Zach Wilson. reason Zach Wilson might stay with the Jets is because he's making the the, the rookie minimum. Yeah, he's uh, I, whatever. I don't I don't care. I don't think about Zach. Zach Wilson isn't in my thoughts anymore. He's out. The, the oh. fact that the wow. fact that they went to went to uh, Skid Row Joe the last game of the season over Zach Wilson shows yeah, you that the Jets that, that, that it's not just his play on the field that he is not he doesn't have the right attitude. Yeah, I'm done with him. Derek Carr joins the Jets. And you might have to have a Super Bowl team in green. I'm just gonna say that right now. I'm just saying. But but the, the fact that the fact that, that that Joe Flacco was starting over, and they and what about that game against the Jaguars where uh, Mike White got hurt and they put that whatever the fuck his name was in the game. I don't even oh, remember, I remember his name. Right. I know exactly what you're right. I know they did everything they could to avoid playing Zach Wilson. Yeah, did Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is never gonna play again for the Jets. No, I don't think so either. Hope not. I, I, and I don't think I don't think it's I don't think it's play on his field. I think there's more than that. I think he's, he's got a rotten attitude, and he's just doesn't that that, 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 that his attitude. That's that, that you don't start. He's a second year player. You don't put Joe Flacco in the last game of the season. Well, you had players openly complaining. Garrett Wilson was yelling at him on the sidelines, also in the locker room. There were a lot of guys who didn't seem to like Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's not a popular guy in the Jets yeah. clubhouse. Yeah, there, there, there's more to it. There's more than just him sucking, which is bad. Bad. How do you think? How do you think Derek Carr would fit in that in that position? I'll put it this way: the Jets, they get Derek Carr, AFC Championship game or bust. Okay. All right. That's all right for sure. Do you? Uh, I'll put my number there. I'll say it. You know, uh, David Carr was the first overall pick in the 2020, the 20, the 2002 draft by David. Houston Texans. Yeah, I know. And uh, his brother was Derek Carr was with him, yeah. and they all went up there up to the stage. And uh, I think Derek Carr was like 12 at the time. Huh. Looked at uh, looked uh, he, he reminded me like 12, 11 years old. Looked at uh, Pete Paul Tagman who said, "In a few years, you're going to be calling my name too." That's great. And then just think, you know, he might be on the Super Bowl, you know, stage after they win it all. And I don't think I, I think I think the Raiders cut him, not just because he wasn't that that bad. No, I think I think the I think the Raiders are just going to roll the dice and put all the chips on the table and do anything they can to get Aaron Rodgers because they're hosting the Super Bowl next year. Yeah, I think I think yeah. there's time. I, I mean, I don't think McDaniel's and Carr had a great relationship either. I think it was just time to move on. But uh, I, having a legitimate quarterback, someone who's decent, I'm not saying he's great, but someone who's decent back there with the other weapons the Jets have, and plus the Jets will keep their pick because Carr is a free agent. So now we have the 13th overall pick coming to New York too. I, I think the, I I think the wise thing for the Jets is is Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have a great defense. I mean, it's. And some offense, like yeah, you know, we got some Brees great Hall, weapons. Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, obviously on defense, but I don't know, pretty good. I think Derek Carr will be able to handle that media too. So. I think so too. He'll be fine. He's been around in a while. He, he, yeah, he's not that simple. Should we do some mash the tank? Yeah. Yeah, let's do some mash the tank. <clears throat> so I, I think um, what you're projecting is it's a Bears Jets Super Bowl next year. That's what you're no, saying. I didn't say that at all. I said the Jets. I, I said nothing about the, the Chicago sports team is such a disaster. I'd rather just not talk about it right now. 
Oh, really? Okay, cool. So Maybe next week. I think the Jets would love to have Justin Fields. I would love. Oh, I agree. No, yeah. I, I, no, no argument yeah, no, here. For sure. I don't, I'm not arguing that. I don't want the rest of your fucking team or the other, or the other teams root for, but I'll take Justin Fields. By the way, how about that dunk contest with Mac McClug? Pretty good. Hey, pretty good. Pretty good, Frank. They you know saved what, you, the dunk contest for like five years. That was saved again. You know, you know, it's, 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 I've been watching some of these dunk contests, and these guys just keep missing the shots, missing the shots. Like Kenny Martin Jr. with that stupid 3D pinned basketball, he took like four times and did like just a average dunk, and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. You lose. It was, uh, yeah, I really don't know who else was in the dunk contest besides Matt McClung because I didn't watch it. I just watched the highlights. And, uh, it was like there was really no competition there. Yeah, there was. And I, I caught part of the Kenny Martin Jr. dunk and then the, uh, the, the McClug final. Yeah. Four, four of those guys in the dunk contest under 100 starts in their career. Under 100 starts in their career. The stars don't go out for it. When, he, when they first did the dunk contest, the stars went out for the dunk contest. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do some match thing so uh first one is from frank your good friend at wnr miami how did you celebrate when the devils won their first stanley cup i i was like i was like in shock that the devils actually did it they you know uh you didn't expect it to happen you didn't you knew they were getting good and then they uh they 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 scratched and clawed away plastic fires and then they the Red Wings were supposed to be this tough, big, brutal team, and they won the first two games in Detroit, one game three, and then you're in game four, and it's like, like, they're really going to do it. They're really going to do it. Did and you cry? It, and it saved the franchise, actually, because they were, uh, they were, put, their lease was getting ready to expire, and they were putting pressure on New Jersey for uh, renovations to the uh, Meadowlands Arena, and, uh, Doing some talking with Nashville, they were, they were using Nashville as a uh, bargaining chip to try to get uh, arena improvements, and uh, and uh, maybe if they don't make that run, they're they're in Nashville. Did you cry when they won? I didn't cry when they won, but I, I was just just really excited. I just couldn't believe that the fact that New Jersey actually won something was just a shocker. What's the last sporting event you cried at, or cried because of? I don't remember one. I cried the 91 World Series. I wanted the Braves to win, and I cried. I was alive. I know. I I I know. Uh, I know. I was. Uh, I have a pathetic one. I don't want to 2007. 2007. 2007? Oh, you cried? It collapsed. I just just uh, in 2008, the uh, last game at Chase Stadium, sitting in the air just was like numbing feeling. The last game that, would, that might have made me cry if I was there. You didn't cry in 2008. I, I I just felt numb and just like like almost like an out of body experience. Hmm. I was you, the same way at the uh, NFC Championship game for Bears Packers when we lost. I cried at the uh, BJ Raji interception pick six. How old were you? I was uh, maybe 12. Oh, that's or, a, yeah. yeah. But here's the embarrassing one. I cried when uh, Brian Urlacher, I was at the game he got, they celebrated his Hall of Fame inductee, 
and I cried tears of joy. I was so fucking happy, dude. It was just like my whole childhood just came down on me. So, Wait, was he your favorite that. player growing up, or Lacker? Uh, Charles Tillman was Peanut Peanut Tillman, but uh, Brian Lacker was definitely up there, definitely. Up right. there. So, all right, more ash to tank. We have another Devils question. I just lost it too. Um, or no. This is from SMX Wing. Frank, who are your top five most disliked teams in the National League? The National League of Baseball? Yes. yes top yes. five most disliked? Yeah. All right. Uh, Braves, Phillies, Dodgers, Cardinals. And uh, Padres. So all the good teams, basically. Anyone competitive you don't, you don't like. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Mets Ranger 11. How far will the Devils make it in the playoffs this year? I don't see them going out a long run. Uh, they're young. They have a lot of players on the team with, with, with no playoff experience. Uh, uh, maybe they make the Timo Meyer trade. That might be interesting. Trade deadline is next week. Um, so that's the big talk is are the Devils going to make any big additions? I don't think there's really a, a necessary. Getting in the playoffs is the important thing. And uh, right now, they'll be the, uh, the second seed in the uh, Metropolitan. They'll, they'll play the Rangers and beat the Rangers. Beat the Rangers. If they could beat the Rangers, I think that would be an outstanding season. I don't think they're going to beat the Hurricanes. Hurricanes would probably be the second round as the, as the uh, playoff uh, is formatted right now. Hurricane, I think the I think the Hurricanes could actually win the Stanley Cup. I don't think the Devils can win the Stanley Cup right now. I think they're, they're the type of team that get in the playoffs, you get your first like test, uh, you, you play well, and you build on it for next year. You got most of this team is under is twenty five and under, so it's a it's a, it's a growing thing. Uh, when uh, Luke Hughes arrives, maybe and starts developing into a, a bigger player. Uh, Vitek Vanacek had a terrible game yesterday, but he's played well at goal, but. Maybe when you find that goalie who could really be the backstop. I mean, I think they're right now where the uh, Colorado Avalanche were in 2019. Imagine and if you were this level-headed about the Mets, Frank. Dude. <laughs> well, it, it, it comes from winning three. It's, it's come from seeing three Stanley Cups and experiencing the last 10 years of just absolute dread on this team. Well, uh, you had the three. You had the three. Then we went through the losing. And now I, I think the, the, the Devils are emerging and, and on the rise. I don't think would, I don't think would, I don't the rise would have happened maybe one or two years ago, but now it's finally starting to happen. All right, Frank, I got one last question. This is from our guy, Minnesconsin, man. Uh, howdy, Frank. Since March is fast approaching, who do you foresee as winning the entire NCAA men's basketball tourney? I love the pod, by the way. I am going back to a team that hasn't won in a while. But this team has won more NCAA tournaments than any other. UCLA, baby. UCLA is going to win the NCAA tournament this year. Wow. I have them in the future, Frank. Let's go. It's been 28 years, and I look at these teams. I think the Big, I think the Big Ten is trash. They're going to get like eight teams into the NCAA tournament, and uh, when the Sweet 16 rolls around, one of them is going to be left. 
They're gonna get. They're gonna get trash. I, I watch Rutgers. Everyone's talking about Rutgers. 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 Sucks. Whoa, whoa, whoa! There will be. There cannot be Rutgers banter on this podcast. Come on. No, Rutgers. Why is Rutgers so bad, Frank? I'm just kidding around. Why is Rutgers so bad? Well, no, 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 no. They've had a good year. They've had a good year. They've been. They've. They've cracked the top twenty-five a few times, but then they fall out of the top twenty-five. They, they, their team, they, the only way Rutgers wins games is, is to, and Seton Hall, I'm a Seton Hall fan. Uh, Seton Hall has not had a good year. They're not going to make the NCAA tournament unless they make a really, like, a, a strong push at the end. They're, like, they're, they're not even, they're, 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 like, they're, like, way out now. They, they, they were, like, the, Joe Lenardi had him as, as the second four out. Now they're not even in that scenario. Rutgers is, like, a 8, 9, 10 seed. And, uh, the whole entire Big Ten is just a mess. And the, way, the only way Rutgers wins a game is if, if, if the opponent doesn't score 65 points, they win. If the opponent scores 65 points, they lose. It's The only games Rutgers wins are these, these games where everyone can't throw the ball in the ocean. It's a sloppy, ugly, just like Virginia-type, just like, oh, God, this is awful, basketball. Uh, that's the only games that Rutgers wins. And that, that's how most of the Big Ten has been this year. And I think the Big Ten the Big Ten's going to get eight teams in the NCAA tournament, and seven of them are going to be eliminated before the, first, uh, before the first weekend's over. So I'm not, just, I'm not just taking it out on Rutgers. I'm just using Rutgers as an example. That the Big Ten, they, they, that they're going to get, they're going to get in the NCAA tournament. They're like one of the top four teams in the Big Ten, but the Big Ten is so bad. And then I look at the ACC. Duke's had an adjustment factor. North Carolina, North Carolina's really had a disappointing season. Kansas, I don't. Kansas has been okay. Baylor's been okay. Big Twelve's had some good teams. Uh, Houston's having a good year. They've been ranked number one. Gonzaga really hasn't set the world on fire this year. But I look at UCLA. They've quietly been good. They've been quietly good all year. And I think UCLA was going to the NCAA tournament. All right. I love it. Well, with that being said, that was all we got for Ask the Tank. Just a reminder to follow us at Frank the Tank Pod on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. And, of course, you can find Frank at NJTank99 on Twitter, Pat at Regaza Report, myself at Real Mikey Betts, Clemmer at Chris Clemmer, Reed at Reed Miller 515 and Nick at Nikki the Good. So that's uh um, you know next week next week when we record it will be March. Will be March. Wow. Very excited. Very excited. So March. March is coming. April's coming. We got a trip coming in April. Very excited. So uh we got the we got the World Baseball Classic, which I fucking hate. Eh, it's something to watch. But just March Madness. I if the World Baseball Classic was held in November, I'd be I'd be a lot more interested. We have NFL, we have NBA, we have other stuff going on in I mean it's NBA in November in March too, but we have NFL in November. But we got new rules that these players have to adjust to, and I don't think we should be doing it against the backdrop of the World Baseball Classic. Probably not. Yeah, you're right. Frank, you want to take us out with a song? What type of song? What should I sing? I don't even know what to sing. Uh, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling a little pop. Feeling a little pop. A little, a little pop. Sad. We need to go back to, you know what we need to do? 
I'm not. Yeah. I don't have a song this week. But sorry, next week. Let's start doing the request again. Let's go. I'll bring it back. Song request. Frankie Midnight. Frankie Jingles. They're back. All right. Starting next week. So that's uh, that tells you click like subscribe so you can watch next week and uh, we'll find a song to sing next week. Next week.